Welcome to another episode of Just a Jackass with a Note in His Mouth. I'm your host and resident jackass in search of more cowbell, Brad Alexander. This episode, Don't Fear the Reaper. Yes, it is the title of that Blue Oyster Cult classic tune, which was revitalized in the Will Ferrell skit on SNL and featured Christopher Walken, who had a fever, and the only cure was more cowbell. Interesting note about BOC, Blue Oyster Cult, when they toured, they occasionally would play real small venues, dives, bars, pubs, little hole-in-the-wall clubs, so to ensure these small intimate places wouldn't break fire code and also to prevent violence from ensuing by those unable to enter and attend, they used the name Soft White Underbelly. So if you ever heard an ad for Soft White Underbelly playing at a local club or passed by a local bar and saw a sign, Soft White Underbelly tonight at 7 p.m., and you thought to yourself, eh, never heard of them, I'm not interested in that, I'm going to go home and play Atari. Well, you missed a BOC show, bro, and probably a BOC show with the best seating you could ever think of. Just saying. Anyway, the world keeps spinning. Don't beat yourself up over it. Don't fear the Reaper. The Grim Reaper. The hooded skeleton that shows up with a sickle in his hand when your time is up here on Earth. A symbol of physical death. And as the song says, don't fear the reaper. It's actually sound advice, but can't be employed by everyone. I mean, one who lives apart from or in denial of God should actually fear death, fear the reaper. As the boys in uh, one of my favorite bands, Demon Hunter, say, there's only two ways to die. You either die with or without God in your life basic synopsis. But check that tune out. Anyway, Messiah said this, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Instead, fear the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Also, in Hebrews 13, it's written, so that with confidence we say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What will man do to me? Which is a quote from Psalm 118, verse 6. So those who belong to the Lord, Adonai, shouldn't fear people, men. The worst they can do is kill the body. Is that all you got, bro? But we are to fear the one who is able to destroy both soul and body in Gehenna, which is another word for hell. Real quick. The Gehenna Valley is just outside Jerusalem. It was the area where many, many, many centuries ago, children were sacrificed to the god, little g-o-d, Molech. It became the place where unclean things would be taken out and burned, also the, um, including the remains from sacrifices that were made to Yahweh. Uh, they were all taken out and burned in this area. And again, unclean things as well, all put out there. It's this veritable smoldering wasteland of all things wretched. And the smoke and stench that came up from that place would make a billy goat puke. So, 
we are to fear the one who is able to destroy the soul and body in Gehenna. Fear God. The one who is able to destroy the soul and body in Gehenna. The eternal Gehenna Valley, if you will. Proverbs tells us that the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. King Solomon, who chased pretty much every possible earthly pleasure, said a final word. When all has been heard, fear God and obey his commands. The fear of God, maybe not the easiest concept to to grasp. I'm going to attempt to unpack it here. But what I can tell you is the fear of God has been drastically watered down to the point where people, most notably those who identify themselves as God's children, walk in this arrogant and even dismissive manner toward the God they claim and his eternal word. The Hebrew word for fear is yirah, and it means fear, terror, awe, reverence. With regard to the fear of God, most prefer the definition reverence, because they don't think they should be, quote-unquote, afraid of God. Just respectful and acknowledging his authority. The scriptures say, It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Terrible. From the root word, terror. Now, do I believe we should walk around on eggshells afraid of any misstep that God is just standing there waiting to drop the hammer on us? No. God is patient. God is gracious. God is merciful. But we must always recognize that he is, in fact, the one who is able to destroy soul and body in Gehenna. That power is always his. As I keep that in consideration, when I surrender myself to receive his gift of salvation through Messiah Yeshua, salvation by God's grace through faith, when I receive that amazing gift, I have to acknowledge that while I am now reconciled to the loving God, the creator and king of the universe, he is still the righteous judge with the power to destroy soul and body. It goes beyond reverence and respect. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Ezekiel says that Adonai will put his spirit within us and we will be careful to observe his ways. The fear of God, which the church has continued to dilute, that that diluting of the word also causes the world to have an even greater disrespect towards him and and his ways increasing in their mockery as they see the way we treat god and his word first we the church have acted like there are two gods an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. And I've actually even heard, and you may have too, heard preachers describe God's judgment in this way. Well, that's the Old Testament God. Uh, pass. Okay? He is one. Hear, O Israel. The Lord your God is one. 
And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, when we refer to the scriptures as Old and New Testament separating them, it can be really dangerous because many imply and even outright say the Old Testament is irrelevant. It is outdated and obsolete. And only the New Testament is relevant to modern day believers. The Bible in whole is the scriptures, the word of God, period. From in the beginning to the final amen of Revelation, the scriptures, God's word. And that little page that separates between what we call the Old and New Testaments, tear that page out. There is no separation. It is all God's word. And Yahweh is the same now as he was then. He is the Lord and he changes not. That is what he declares about himself. He is still the righteous, just king, holding judgment in his hand. Additionally, we've taken the words of Messiah way, way, way out of context. Specifically, where he says, I no longer call you servants, I now call you friends. What we have done with that is taken our definition of friends and applied it to our relationship with God through Messiah. We ask the question, well, if we're his friends, what does that mean? What do I do with my friends? How do I treat my friends? I can tell you this, I used to get drunk and high with my friends. I spent countless hours playing video games and wasting time watching TV and movies with my friends. I talked trash and smack to my friends. I committed crimes with my friends. So is that now my relationship with the Almighty through Messiah Jesus? May it never be. God forbid it. I remember one time, our oldest son came home from youth group. And he had this poster that they had made at youth group, right? Because they're doing religious things. And, and the poster said, Jesus, my homie in the sky. And I didn't even know what to say. First of all, there was like so much bad theology on that one little poster in those few words. I just stared at it. I was like, what is, why, how, no, no. That's not what any of this means. <laughs> Jesus says he calls us friends because he has shared all the Father's teachings with us. He's the friend that tells us what we need to hear, not just what we want to hear. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You don't just allow your friends to wallow in filth, sin, addiction, or a destructive lifestyle, do you? Because if you do, you're not a friend. You show them, if you're a true friend, you show them a way out. You don't just abandon them, but you don't leave them in a wretched state either. If you do, you are no friend. And as for servants, well... Servants simply follow orders because the boss said so, right? I mean, there's a there's a, a, a coldness, a mine is not to reason why but to do or die attitude 
almost this mindless heartlessness to it. What Messiah did was reveal to us the greater depth of what the Father has been saying to us all along. Every command, ordinance, mitzvot, and law is motivated by Adonai's great love for us. Messiah has made all this known to us, thus he calls us friends. He is the way to reconciliation to the Father. Through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, He is the way. Yeshua shows us the way in how He lived. He paves the way through the cross. And He is the way to the Father. We cannot take a casual, light attitude about sin because we are saved by grace. How serious is God about sin? Look at the cross. The sinless Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, the Son of the living God, offered as the atoning sacrifice for our sin. How serious is God about sin? May we never be flippant about sin, which, by definition, is transgressing the law. Put that in your pen and vape it. Salvation is now, and has always been, by grace, through faith, in Messiah. Now that will be another episode for another time. But, remember, He is the Lord, and He changes not. Messiah, Yeshua, the same yesterday, and today, and forever. We receive God's gift of grace as we surrender, recognizing our broken, sinful nature, realizing the only way to be reconciled to a right relationship with God is with a Savior. Jesus is the Savior. Now, we must note something really important. The word Lord is in the Scriptures 1,207 times. The word Savior 36. The only way he is my savior is if he is my Lord. We don't get one without the other. Declaring him Lord means to the death I pledge my allegiance to Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. And as I walk in the reality of his presence in my life, filled with his Holy Spirit, in eternal gratitude... I celebrate his great gift, never forgetting. I need not fear man or the reaper, but God, as he is the one with the power to destroy soul and body in Gehenna. Another interesting fact about the Gehenna Valley, it is no coincidence that as the Prince of Glory the Son of the Living God was being crucified. He was looking towards that very wretched, foul valley. A physical picture of the eternal fate he was rescuing humanity from. What Messiah did on that cross is for all who will receive. Fear God. And obey his commands. Carefully walk in his way. Filled with his spirit. Rescued. Saved by grace through faith. 
Those who follow Christ have the law, Torah, written on our minds. God has put them on our hearts. God's grace through Messiah sets us free from the curse of sin and death. Hallelujah. We walk in new life, never forgetting, disrespecting, or blaspheming Adonai in word or in deed. Never minimizing his word and never minimizing sin. Thank you for your time. And listen, I've attempted to unpack a huge topic here in a short period of time. I trust that you receive it in love because that's how I want to to present everything. I want it to be given in love. I never want to present condemnation. My hope is to provoke people to love and good works in Messiah Jesus. At the end of the day, I'm just a jackass with a note in my mouth. Please, pass this note, note along. I appreciate you. Share it with others. Go out and give them heaven.